Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda's in Zephyr B. This is season 27 for me, and season 23 for Amanda. And this is day 11 of season 95. Our first question asks us, what Ford Motor Company brand ceased production in the first quarter of 2011? So originally it was a premium brand of right. Ford. So I had to think. My first thought was Buick. And I thought, well, no. One, I believe Buick is still being made. Two, I think it's GMC. I think it's a GM brand. Mm-hmm. So I had to think, okay, what, uh, when, when I think Ford sort of, if not luxury, then at least upscale, and I tried to think, okay, I feel like all Ford brands or badges or whatever you want to call them are very explicitly Ford. So it's like Ford something. Oh. Rather than just like, you know, Buick. It's, it's not GM Buick, but the, 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 mm-hmm. the equivalent of it. So I'm thinking, four, okay. <laughs> and just in, into my mind immediately popped Ford Mercury, possibly because I used to drive a Mercury Capri, which was a pretty nice little car. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I think I, I got it from my dad when I went to college. Okay. At sure. some point during or immediately after college. I remember packing everything I owned into it to drive most of the way across country when I uh, when I assessed into the army after college. Ah. Uh, you can oddly enough, you could really fit a lot of stuff into a Capri. Sure. Um, so I thought Ford Mercury, Ford Mercury. That sounds correct. Uh, it didn't sound perfect, so I tried some. I, I tried to think of some other things, some other words I associated with Ford, and just nothing really. Nothing. Nothing rang for me so i just kept coming back ford mercury ford mercury capri then ford, was that a ford i feel like that was a ford ford mercury yeah okay we'll go with that we'll go with mercury so to sort things out a little bit in this question um ford motor company is of course the umbrella company mm-hmm. for um the you know it's it's the overall you know owner of all these things then you have the makes within the company, and then the models are the different vehicles mm-hmm. that are under those makes. The Ford Motor Company makes are, are or were Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln. Mm. Um, and Lincoln is still in production. Those are, you'll, you'll see new Lincolns around, but Mercury is the one that was kind of uh, dwindling, um, you know, in the, the early 2000s, the most, I guess. Um, and really wasn't that distinct from Ford's per se, as I recall, like there's, there just wasn't a, um, you know, it it was just sort of like a little nicer than a Ford, which doesn't really get you far. I think you'd, you kind of rather just have Ford's are nice and Lincoln's are posh Mm. kind of like the two distinctions there instead of having the gradations quite as much. Um, and so, yeah, I, I knew this was Mercury. I mean, I, Ford is in the name of my employer, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so if I had gotten this one wrong, I, I've lived in this area since, you know, 20 odd years now. Yeah. So um, this was going to be a tough one uh, not to, you know, t- to miss for me, basically. Um, but I kind of learned that distinction of like you got the makes and the models. And, you know, I, I worked in long ago in college i had a summer job at the chrysler proving grounds 
So I kind of, you know, know some of what's under that brand. And then GMC, like you meant, or GM, like you mentioned, is got, you know, GMC, Buick, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, long story short is just I, I very much knew this one and I put down Mercury. Yeah, I figured you probably would. I, I would have mm -hmm. zeroed this one for you. <laughs> uh, Wisely. For, for all those reasons. Yeah. Which is surprising considering mm -hmm. we have a food question coming yeah. up. Yeah. Anyway, Mercury was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Well done, us. Yes. Question two asks us, who commissioned an English translation of the Bible in 1611? King James, of course. Yeah. The, this was a, this is a very bog standard trivia mm -hmm. question. I mean, mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, that, that time period fits, you know, the King James is kind of known for its language usage and has some of the beautiful, um, you know, sort of poetical... Uh, versions of like the you know the Christmas story and various things it's I believe it's what uh like for example in um a Charlie Brown Christmas that's what Linus quotes when he goes up on stage so, yes. to talk about um you know the, the Christmas story and that's what Christmas is supposed to be about um so yeah, again, this, you know, I, I zeroed this one for both of my opponents because of, I thought this is just, you know, you, the King James Bible is, if you're, if you're even going to talk about any Bible commissioned by someone, <laughs> there's really yeah. not that many yeah. options to choose from. And all of them are way more obscure than this. Mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of speculating that there are such things out there. Um, but especially the earliness of this time frame, um, you know, Gutenberg was printing Bibles much earlier, like 1400s or late 1300s. I can't remember which, um, but definitely not as late as 1611. Um, and so, yeah, this, I, I just put down King James. I didn't want to try to get into like whether he was the first or the, you know, in this case, he could be the sixth and the first, but I just put down King James since it didn't ask me to specify further. Yeah, uh, when I when I I also answered King James, that was it. Uh, the the only thing I kind of checked was the year sixteen eleven, mm. and I thought I feel like that was when Shakespeare was alive, and there is ah. a there is a long standing urban legend that Shakespeare <laughs> was one of the authors ah. of the King James Bible, mm -hmm. uh, which is supported by the fact that the words shake and spear appear in one of the I think one of the Psalms. Oh. In, in a numerically significant, like, it's like Psalm 94 <laughs> and the 94th word and then the 94th word after that or something. Like, there's, like, some actual, okay. uh, I won't say evidence, but, like, a thing you can point to to say, eh? 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 But, yeah, that, that, and that jibe, so I also said King James. Mm -hmm. Didn't even think of, oh, there's a number. He's got a regnal number. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and so when I... As when I answered and was scrolling down and I saw the parentheses, I was like, oh, God, did I? Oh, no, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Parentheses means it's optional. Right. So, whew. Yeah, so that was that was indeed the correct enough answer. Hmm. Um, and, of course, he was King James the sixth of Scotland and the first of England. Yeah. So um, I think you, I, I, you know, it says the sixth and the first in the parentheses. I wonder if you could put either or and it would be accepted. I mean, it, 
technically, yes. I think historically, I feel like he's known as the first and sixth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why it's sixth and first there. Maybe because he was. Because well, England was the is more important. Make, than yeah, yeah. I so, mean, he, originally he was the sixth. After all, he was Scotland yes. first, and then yes, that's probably so why. Chronologically, yeah. that yeah. makes more sense. Moving on to question three, um, we get several television show series titles and are asked what network they were broadcast on. And the, the one that you really want to clue in on if you don't know these is Crikey, It's the Irwins. Mm-hmm. So you figure, okay, this is about Steve Irwin and his family. Uh, you know, possibly not Steve, it may be more recent and that's why it was called that but clearly crikey is meant to evoke australia irwin's is meant to to evoke the steve irwin uh bodie irwin mm-hmm. clan mm-hmm. Uh, continuity uh, uh royal family <laughs> etc um and if you if you look at that and then you look at the other ones uh, these are all things that probably have to do with animals mm-hmm. my first thought was tlc just because i know they do a lot of like semi-documentary learning stuff kind of like that. It's the learning yeah, channel the, after all, supposedly. Yeah, it was the learning channel. Now it's not. Uh, <laughs> but the, And so I kind of had that in, in mind for a while. And then I came back to it and thought, no, the Irwin's thing is very heavily animal. And I looked mm-hmm. at the other ones and thought, okay, could these all be animals? The Jeff Corwin experience, entirely possible. I don't know who that guy is, but... That doesn't that doesn't not say animals. If it was the Jeff Corvid experience, then even more. There so. you go. Uh, the second one, weird, true, and freaky, less animal than a Steve Irwin associated thing, but sure could be. Mm-hmm. And then untamed and uncut. Okay, that's almost definitely an animal reference. Mm-hmm. So these are all probably animal planet, mm-hmm. and that's what I went with. Yeah, I had much the same uh, thought process. Uh, Crikey, It's the Irwins tells you this is definitely, there's at least one animal show in this group. And Untamed and Uncut, I would argue, you know, would probably be a second one with the, you know, taming is what you do with an animal so that it can be sort of living in a domesticated kind of setting. Um, The other two, though, you know, the Jeff Corbin experience, I vaguely rang a bell as an animal-centric show. Um, and weird, true, and freaky could be, it could be on the Food Network for all I know. Like yeah. that's that one's yeah. so generic. Um, it could be on the History Channel. It could be on anything. And so I did pause to consider, like, could this be like Nat Geo or mm. Discovery or something like that? That you know, um, was was more of a like you said, a broader documentary kind of or nonfiction mm. kind of channel. Um, but I really thought, you know, uh, Crikey, It's the Irwins being sort of the sequel to The Crocodile Hunter, which is what Steve mm-hmm. Irwin was originally that um, uh, on his his show. Um, I really had thought that one had been pretty associated with Animal Planet. And I figured sequel shows like that would probably have stuck with the same network. Mm-hmm. Like they, they wanted to kind of continue the franchise, so to speak. Sure. Um, and so... You know, I I wasn't a hundred percent certain of this one, but Animal Planet was definitely my top choice because I figured something like Nat Geo would have something else to to reference it being not just you know wild animals or something like that. 
Um, and similarly with other types of, of these extended cable um, channels, I, I, I figured there'd have to be something else to kind of bring it out of just the animal realm. So I thought this had to be Animal Planet. And it was. Well done. Indeed. Question four asks us for the name for the array of popular snacks sold in India. So I've talked many times on the podcast about how food and drink is my best category. Um, and this is one of the few that defies that uh, because it's, it's just, it's like one step outside of my experiences with Indian foods. And I mean, I've been to India, not for a super long trip or anything, but you know, I've, definitely had Indian food prepared authentically by Indian people. Um, and, and really, I think, you know, quite a lot of Indian restaurants, even in the States, are reasonably, you know, that there's some variation in quality, but as far as authenticity, as far as I can tell, they are generally, you know, prepared by people who actually know how to make them. Um, and so, uh, but but this is again you know, sort of I I've been to India, but to Mumbai I haven't just kind of bummed around the country to you know find out what the savory street food snacks are called as a category in particular because this is sort of you know it talks about the array of popular savory street food snacks so this is not just like pick one particular one out of a lineup by its description it's like what is the genre or um almost like the the sub cuisine that we're talking about here um as far as street food is concerned um and so this one i puzzled over for a long time because i thought geez i must have heard of this and so i tried to let it roll around in my head and just nothing was really clicking for me um, finally, I just kind of pictured like, what is an item of Indian food that I could imagine being street food in particular? And samosas came to mind because they're like a little, basically a, a hand pie or, you know, wrapped in a, um, a, a wonton or, mm -hmm. um, uh, what do you call it's them? Like an egg roll type wrapper. Um, and then, you know, filled with various fillings and fried and I knew they came in a variety of, you know, fillings. They There's certainly a range of things there. So I thought maybe that's the name for the broader category too, or at least I know it's the name for kind of more than one single specific thing. And so that's about mm -hmm. all I could hang my hat on. Um, so after just hours, I submitted really, really late today, and I wouldn't say like I racked my brains that whole time over it. I just kept like trying to let it go and let it percolate up back to me while I wasn't, while I was thinking about other things. I had a lot of meetings today to distract me. So like I, you know, I, I thought that was worth a try. Um, but alas, it wasn't apparently. Uh, but I put down samosa. Uh, I did the same version of that logic, except not really knowing food very well at all. Mm. Uh, probably would not have come up with samosa, but would have definitely entertained that if, I, if it had popped into my head. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of gave up on this early thinking, this is not going to be a thing I know. 
Like this is this is not one of those ones where it's like okay, uh, Thorson wants me to get this and is <laughs> leading me on on the long way around to a thing I know. Um, you know, like the King James question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, knowing that, I thought, well, okay, if it's not that, and it is something that I'm supposed to know, uh, it's not curry. And mm-hmm, I thought, mm-hmm. well, another another word that I believe is kind of a generic, not a generic, but like a, a broad category of food more than more than an actual just this one thing sure. is chutney. Okay. Uh, which I believe to be sort of a ketchup-like uh, condiment for the most part, mm-hmm. at least in the U.S. version of Indian food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe that's where we get that term is from... You know, this kind of savory street food snack because mm-hmm. uh, maybe chutney is used on it a lot, uh, you know, or that that concoction that we know in America. So maybe it comes from that. And uh, for lack of anything else uh, that just was not something that kind of vaguely sounded like a word that might be Hindi, I went with chutney. And let me give you credit for an incredibly reasonable guess. Mm. Because I think your surmises about it, that it would, you know, be served with mm-hmm. street food and so on, is exactly spot on. Um, the correct answer was chot with two A's. Um, and I don't, you know, I I don't even know if I've heard that term. I may be kind of like, yeah. it vaguely rings a bell. But I, I did look up that samosa are, in fact, a type of chot. Oh, okay. In fact, you can, like... Th- Samosa chaat is kind of a its own little subgenre thereof, okay. um, and certainly chutneys are a thing that would be served with samosas for mm-hmm. one. Sure. Uh, of that, I'm certain, um, and they're kind of like t- typically savory, but also a bit of a jam-like texture. If that okay. makes sense, like they're not su- mm-hmm. sweet and fruity, right? But they're like sweet and tangy mm-hmm. sure. or, or something like that depending on what they're mm-hmm. what, what type it is um so that honestly a super good guess i'm not sure that it's might not even be correct i don't know the um etymology mm. of chutney but Et- chutney and chot sure sound they come like. from the same root okay uh, chot mm-hmm. uh, basically uh basically meaning uh finger licking good yeah <laughs> for i mean honestly it, it is it's like it's uh yep it, the, the the verb is chatna to lick or to eat mm-hmm. with appetite oh you might get credit for that i shouldn't because they are distinct words um, yes you know in the but that uh, just means this wasn't properly pinned nah. Nah. i won't be surprised that's all i'm saying i will but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes all right we shall move on to question five, um, which asks us for the region referenced in a famous commentary by Julius Caesar that is looks like it's Latin saying something is divided into three parts. Very good, yes. In mm-hmm. fact, Gaul is divided into three parts, uh, mm-hmm. four including Belgium. Well, there you are. Uh, or if you are me, you know this as... Gaul is divided into three parts. Three, no, four, because of the small village uh, that the Romans never conquered uh, because of Asterix and the magic <laughs> potion uh, made by the uh, the druid Getafix. 
hmm. from from the French comic book, which has been uh, very skillfully translated into English for many many years. Hmm. That my my dad and I both loved, and he would always. Uh, scoop them up when he found a new one and we would read it together and he would explain a lot of the puns to me uh, because you know i was like 10 when this started oh wow uh, and just and did not get a lot of them mm. uh, including in fact the druid's name get a fix <laughs> uh which yeah I, I i recall the exact moment that that suddenly bloomed in my head like <laughs> oh my god that's a drug reference oh wow oh okay Funny. um but yeah, that that was uh, that was a takeoff on uh, Caesar's commentaries on the Gaulish tribes. Sure. Um, yeah, this one I just kind of reasoned out for myself uh, and thought about, you know, what parts of the world, and it does ask for a region, not a country name. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a helpful, um, you know, directive there. Um, so I thought about like Spain and Portugal would be iberia that's the iberian peninsula um i recognize the the reference to belgium at the end of the the quoted statement um and i you know I, like as i mentioned i could sort of translate the bit of latin because it's very close to spanish which i took in high school in in terms of this little bit of it in partes trace um which sounds like three parts very much um, and so I thought, what region of Europe could we be talking about? And I thought about Gaul or which would be Gallia in, in Latin, but I wasn't going to put that cause it was harder to spell potentially. Um, and the other region that occurred to me was like the low countries. So like that area of Netherlands, Denmark, which I feel is kind of, right right situated near belgium too um but i couldn't convince myself that the roman empire or julius caesar would have been speaking about it as though it had as though rome had a lot of influence over it and i didn't recall there being roman influence in that area so much because of course they speak germanic languages and france of course speaks a romance language so um, I came back to feeling maybe like 73% confident that this was <laughs> in reference to Gaul, which is what France now is, um, or which is what became France, I should say. Um, and, you know, I, I faintly considered like, is this a reference to the British Isles or something like that? But I thought, no, I'm pretty sure this would be, if it's something kind of adjacent to Belgium um, that that is yet not, you know, in the sort of Nordic, Scandinavian, Germanic uh, side of things. There's lots of gesturing happening as I'm, pick, as I'm placing these different regions on the map of Europe in my head. Um, then I thought it had to be the region that is now covered by France, and that would be Gaul. Very good. Mm. Question six asks us, what punk rock band was made up of Tom Verlaine, Richard Lloyd, Billy Ficka, and Richard Hell? Yes, and gives us a little context that they were uh, founded in 1973, so a little before my punk rock listening time. Um, 
and were CBGB regulars. Um, but then that's like every punk band you've actually heard of <laughs> coming out of the 70s. Um, and so I focused in on two names on this one, Tom Verlaine and Richard Hell. And Tom Verlaine, um, who I had a solo album of his from the mid 80s that was really nice. It was called Flashlight. And I had it on cassette. I'd bought it at Meyer because it looked intriguing. And I remember hearing the name Tom Verlaine because, um, as with many things, um, I acquired some of my taste in music from my siblings specifically. And my older sister was a, an interesting combination of preppy in appearance and punk rock in tastes. <laughs> um, and so I had, you know, I had kiped some of her mixtapes that she'd either made or gotten from friends. And there was some uh, uh, Tom Verlaine on it specifically, I think. Um, and I had looked him up at some point because of, you know, getting this other album that I kind of liked. Um, he, his initials, of course, are TV and the question notes that the band was named after technology invented a few decades prior. So, um, you know, that as I mentioned, there were two names in this group of names that were um, of interest to me. Richard Hell is the other one. And I knew him from my sister's mixtapes that featured Richard Hell and the Voidoids, which I didn't really, you know, I that didn't really take as far as something that I was interested in, um, you know, as part of my musical background. Um, and so I had to sort that out a little bit. I was like, well, that can't be the one that's named after technology invented a few decades prior, but TV or television sure can. Um, and I knew there was a, a punk band called television. I knew that, uh, I, I kind of re-recalled, like, memories are constructed after all, so <laughs> I'd reconstructed the fact that Tom Verlaine was, you know, the the front man of television. And, um, yeah, it just kind of all came together. It's taking me a lot longer to describe all this than to have thought about it. <laughs> this, this was one of the easy ones that I knocked off first thing in the morning and then spent my day trying to think of Jot. Um, and so once I kind of sorted that out for myself and I had to think about you know could this have been the damned or something like you know the technology thing really um, cleared the way for it to just definitely be television and so that's what I put down uh, I was not aware that there was a punk band called television just that that particular one never crossed my uh, my my line of sight mm. uh, a few did but mm -hmm. nothing that nothing that i could connect with any of these guys and nothing that i could connect with a technology from the first half of the 20th century right uh, i kept trying to think of like the first thing that popped in my head was the divinals no that's <laughs> not that's not the divinals origin story no uh, and then I, I i tried thinking of it from from that angle of the technology and just tried to think of anything that was uh, you know, immediate post World War II, during World War II, the, the frequency hoppers, the uh, various other things like that, and just could not land on anything. Finally, just thought the plastics. Mm. I feel like that was 
like later than the early 70s and not punk per se but then i thought well maybe i'm misremembering maybe it's just you know maybe, maybe it was uh maybe another band was named it or something like it. And I'm just mm-hmm. mis- slightly misremembering. Like maybe it's plastics with a K or a CK sure. or something like, you know, like, like how uh, goofy people spell magic, things like mm-hmm. that. So, so I just kind of, for lack of anything better, finally just settled on the plastics. But it was television. It was television. Well yeah. Done. Thank you. So you had five on the day. I did. I'm kind pretty of, happy with kind that. Of a rough day all in all. A couple it of was real, not an easy one. A couple of real gimmies, but then some that are just woof. You know that when I missed the one that's a food question, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird day yeah. overall. Um, you know, I felt like, and you know, you, you give me a little bit of hope that Mercury wasn't such a gimme for everybody. No, I don't um, think it was. And, you know, it being 11 years in the past since they ceased production, mm-hmm. I doubt people outside of Detroit, like there's probably like a, you could do a heat map like that, that, you know, outward from Detroit, there's kind of this radius of like, are people highly aware of Mercury? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, King James is easy. Animal Planet easy-ish. I mean, it's, it wasn't super obvious, you know, Gaul is one of those things that I think was, influenced by me reading a lot of you know vaguely historicized fantasy literature as much mm-hmm. as anything else because mm-hmm. um, it's not from the history that i know that term yeah. um for that that region so yeah yeah not a lot of gimmies on the day except for king james i think mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i like a five out of six on the day so here's hoping it holds up you had four i had four which oh. eh. mm. on this particular day, meh, uh, it didn't help that my uh, opponent in the main rundle, at least, has a very Indian sounding name oh, and yeah. also a fairly high food drink score. So uh, yeah. I feel like one of the tough questions is going to be <laughs> uh, less so for them. Did but, you put a zero on it completely? Uh, or? I think I did. I, yeah. I, I either zeroed or one did because mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the other ones were more, were also in their wheelhouse but we'll Ah, see how it goes indeed well that's it for today tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis and remember don't forfeit don't cheat